Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. Before you hear this powerful sermon, I want to encourage you to do two things. If this message blesses your life, take a moment uh, to send it to someone else. Perhaps it's a coworker, a friend, a family member. And the second thing is, the Bible teaches us it is better to give than to receive. And this Christmas season, we have an opportunity to give back to our city and to love our city in a very tangible way. In fact, with that in mind, take a look at this powerful video. My name is Alessandra. I am a nurse navigator here for head and neck cancers. And what we do is we identify barriers to care. It's our job to go ahead and be the patient advocate. You know, everybody thinks of the dentist and they're like, ugh, I don't wanna go, oh my God, it's so scary, it's gonna hurt. And it does. <laughs> but um, besides that, for cancer, it really is standard of care. People don't know that when the dentist is seeing you, they are looking for cancer, they're looking for lesions, they're looking if you have an abscess, anything abnormal. Dental care is like probably one of the most important things in a patient's care, especially after a diagnosis. Once these patients start treatment, um, their bone health, bone density, everything that has to do with the mouth and your gums, it affects it. And if something can be taken out prior, you know, before your gum health goes completely from 100 to zero, you wanna make sure that those things are taken care of. My name is Pedro Luis Gore Herrera. I uh, run a farm for a friend to stay there in exchange for, you know, uh, room and board. He gives me $400 a month to do what I can do with it. You know what I'm saying, since I don't have insurance or whatever. I'm glad that this place here helps people out, like myself, because they're wonderful people. I even brought them flowers from the farm. The package was prepared for me when they started finding out that I had cancer. And one of the doctors said, your teeth need to be pulled out because the chemo and the, radi the radiation will mess it up. It might cause a lot of complications. So that is the reason why I'm extracting them all. I had no idea I was gonna end up here. Before I knew what I'm hearing, I thought it was gonna be inside, and no, it's in a bus. The wonders that a bus can do, you have no idea. It's one of those things that it, it's so, I see it a lot more than I would want to. Um, and that's why I'm so grateful for Caring for Miami and, and, and everything that you guys do, our, our entire team. You know, we basically couldn't get a lot of our patients through without you guys. One of those topics that I just wish there was more awareness about. It's so important. You guys having more buses means you're going to be more in the community and it's going to be easier for our patients to go see somebody. You guys are extremely caring, compassionate, um, and that's the entire team in Caring for Miami. Hey, so good to see you and listen, can we encourage our worship teams at all campuses right now? Come on. Amen. Hey, and I love that they sang that song. His last part of the lyric says, the light of the world given to us. And folks, that is what Christmas is all about, isn't it? That the light of the world has stepped into darkness, amen? Can we give a praise to God today for that? Amen. Hey, well, welcome everyone. It is so great to see you. My name is Zomar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving 
It's the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And I want to welcome everyone right now watching us online, live on YouTube and our social media platforms, as well as everyone in Doral, in West Kendall, Coral Gables downtown, Homestead Redland, and even here at Palmetto Bay. If you're a first-time guest, can we encourage them right now? Amen. Hey, thank you. It's an honor to have you here with us. And uh, we are actually in our second week of our Christmas series called The Christmas Songs, The Songs of Christmas. And we have been looking at the Gospel of Luke where there are four different prophetic songs uh, by four different people and all of them communicate something special about what the Lord would do here on earth. Last week we heard, we studied the song of Mary, which was a song of His mercy. Today we're going to be looking at the song of Zechariah song of his light and so man I'm ready and excited to dive into God's word I hope you are as well and so wherever you find yourself let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 1 verse 76 through 79 and you can follow along with me as I read all right listen to what God's word says and you child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give what? Light. To give light to those who sit in what? Darkness. At all campus, what is it? Darkness. Darkness. That. It's God's Word, amen. You go in and take a seat at all campuses. And folks, let me start off by sharing this with you. Many of you know that we have a sister church in Ukraine, uh, specifically in the town of Nizhyn, Ukraine. And uh, for many years, for many decades, we've supported them, we've helped them, we've partnered with them. In fact, the building that they have was largely done by the generosity of the people of our church decades ago, and God has done some really beautiful things in the middle of that Ukrainian church. But folks, you are also aware that our brothers and sisters there are going through a horrible crisis with this war. By the way, by the way, I want to take the time to just thank you because earlier when the war started, uh, we knew that our brothers and sisters needed aid, and so we did a special offering just for them. And you came through big time. In fact, you collect, we've raised, we, you've given over $141,000 for that church. Yeah. And... Uh, Man, from the bottom of my heart, listen, I want to tell you, thank you for your generosity. Every time we show you what God is doing, you step up to the plate. You give generously. Thank you for praying. In fact, this week we're, we're sending even more aid to the people of Ukraine. So thank you so much for always being the church that you are. But folks, I want to update you that they are facing, the people of Ukraine, they're facing uh, multiple attacks from multiple fronts and multiple angles. You see, they're facing ground attacks. Uh, they're facing air attacks. Uh, they're facing drone attacks. Uh, they're facing economic attacks and even traitor attacks. And listen, if that is not bad enough, listen to this, they are facing a new form of attack every single night. And it's a type of attack that amplifies all the other attacks. 
And, fo and folks, I'm talking about darkness. Everyone say darkness. darkness. At all campuses, everyone say darkness. Darkness. And so listen, as you see, the enemy has decimated their power grid to such an extent that is virtually non-existent. And so every single night when the, when the sun fades away, the whole country enters into a state of darkness and folks, it gets extremely, extremely cold. And what's crazy is that even when they turn on a battery powered thing like a flashlight or they have some sort of kerosene lamp, Folks, get this, they have drones flying all throughout these little towns and villages, bombing every single light that they see. And so every single night, the whole country goes into a state of total darkness. And from space, you can see a dark spot in the middle of Europe. And family, when you combine the incessant attacks of the enemy with total physical darkness, it begins to trigger feelings of anxiety, feeling of fear, of hopelessness, and really feelings of the unknown, of confusion. And here's why. It's because when there is total physical darkness, listen, the people in physical darkness do not know where the enemy is. They don't know how to respond to the enemy's attacks. They don't know where to go. They don't know where to, where, where to walk. And so every single night, the whole country goes into the state of the unknown. And family, let me just bring that sad situation over to our time to get together. Because what a picture of what spiritual darkness does to our soul. And by that, I mean that just like, listen, it is difficult to know anything, right, in the midst of physical darkness, and it triggers feelings of despair and, and hopelessness. Listen, just like that. And here's the main idea as we dive into God's Word. Spiritual darkness leads our soul into the world of the unknown. And once the soul is in the state of darkness, in the state of the unknown, get this, listen, it begins to trigger what we call soul despair. Who knows, maybe you're sitting right here right now, one of our campuses, maybe you're watching online, and you're wondering, Omar, what, is, what, what, what do you mean by spiritual darkness? What does that mean, and why is it so significant? And, and, and Omar, is there anybody that can lead us out of that darkness? Well, folks, we're going to find out today from God's Word. Amen? So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to uh, Luke chapter 1. And today I have three thoughts for us about spiritual darkness. Christ, folks, are you ready to dive into God's Word on all campuses? Yeah? Yeah? So write this down as point number one. Here's the first thing we need to know. And that is that humanity is suffering. Humanity is suffering from spiritual darkness. Now listen to what Zechariah says in his song. He says, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in what? Darkness. In darkness. Now folks, slip into the scene for just a moment. Because the one who sang this prophetic song was an old priest by the name of Zechariah. Now, Zechariah also ha had an older wife, 
uh, who unfortunately throughout their life, they were never able to have children. Her name was Elizabeth, which by the way, was the cousin of Mary who we saw in the passage last week. And so at one point, the angel appears to this older priest and tells them that his wife is finally going to have a child. And folks, instead of responding in faith, he responded in doubt. And because of it, the angel told them that he will not be able to speak for the foreseeable future. And so old Zechariah sat by himself, unable to speak for all of those nine months. And after his son was born, whose name was John the Baptist, he named him John. The Lord had mercy on him and loosened his lips. And folks, the moment that the Lord loosened his lips, folks, he burst into a prophetic song. Just like Mary did last week, he burst into a prophetic song where he not only praises God, but begins to reveal to you and to me what the Lord would do when he would come on this earth. In fact, listen to what he says in Luke chapter 1, verse 76. He says, and you, child, speaking to his son, John the Baptist, you will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give what? Light to those who sit in what? Darkness. Darkness. So, Omar, what, what is this darkness all about? What, what, what is Zechariah referring to? Well, first of all, write this down as letter A. It refers to intellectual darkness. You see, the reality that apart from God's truth and God's light, humanity is not able to properly see things clearly for what they are. You see, when you are, and you know how it is, when you are in physical darkness, right? When you're at home and it's really, really dark, you can see that something is in the darkness, right? Perhaps you can see sort of its, its shape, it's, it's the, that there's something there, but you really cannot see the color. You cannot see the texture. There's certain things that the darkness prevents you from seeing properly, right? You know, it's like that guy or girl that, that goes to that party or to that club, and, uh, and it's really dark in that place, right? And they meet a guy or a girl, and in the darkness, they think, wow, he is so handsome. Oh, this girl, she's so beautiful. Yeah, and all night, they're talking, they're laughing, and from their eyes, because of the darkness, man, they are the, the, the most beautiful thing they've seen in their life. But once that party's over, they go outside, and the light hits them. Oh, boy. They're not as beautiful as they thought they were, right? They're not as pretty or handsome as you thought they were. Some of us ended up marrying that person. Yeah, yeah, you're sitting right next to them right now. But, but, but folks, listen, don't miss the point, right? Because the darkness prevented them from seeing the full truth. And folks, the same thing happens when the people are in darkness to void of the truth of God. Although they may see things in life, the reality is they cannot really appreciate it and understand clearly what that is. And as a result, get this, don't miss this, people devoid of truth can never truly understand the true meaning and the purpose of the things in their life. They can never truly understand the purpose and meaning of their marriage. 
the true, the, the, the meaning and the purpose of being able to have children and being a grandparent, the meaning and purpose of their careers, of the fact that God has entrusted wealth to them, that the meaning and purpose of their very own lives. Why? Because they are devoid of truth. They are in spiritual darkness. And so because of it, they're unable to truly perceive things for what they really are. And folks, when you are intellectual darkness, when you are devoid of full truth, here's what it leads to. Write this down as letter B at all campuses. It leads to moral darkness, moral darkness. You see, when a person doesn't have full understanding of God's truth and God's plan, it leads them to act erratically contrary to God's good design, good purpose, and good uh, uh, design. You see, you don't really need to go far to see the effects of this. Listen, just turn on the news. Turn on your phone. Look at the phone app. Listen, we see before our very eyes, when people lack the truth, they end up, right, leading themselves into immorality. For example, listen, when people are in the dark about God's plan, God's design for marriage, we see from God's word, that the ultimate purpose of of marriage, right, is to be a reflection, a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church and the sanctity that marriage has, right? For so many people in society, they just view it, ah, that's just not, marriage is not such a big deal. Oh, that's just a legal paper. It doesn't really matter. And we can get divorced whenever we want. There's not really a big deal. And so what happens, they start violating the sanctity of marriage because they don't have truth. They start act, they don't behave the way they should towards their spouse. They begin entering into adulterous relationships. They begin to cheating on each other. They begin to do all these different things. Why? And even having sex outside of marriage. Why? Because they don't understand the sanctity and the truth and the purpose of marriage. You see, when people are in the dark as to God's plan for manhood, for biblical manhood and womanhood, that we see that God has created us, all of us, equal with equal dignity. However, men and women have different responsibilities and different roles in society and in our homes and in our marriages, right? When we, don't, when we are devoid of God's truth, guess what happens? People begin to, their sexuality becomes erratic, and, and so they, 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 there's debates about gender and all these different things. And make, to make matters worse, they're leading little children to question their sexuality even before they are able to properly think. Why? Because they're devoid of truth. Folks, when they're in the dark about how God views life, that every single person is made in the image of God, it's worth in the sight of God. Listen, when they understand the value of life and that every person bears the image of God, they go to war against each other. They hate each other. They fight each other. Listen, they're racist towards each other. All of these different things, right? Why? Because they don't understand. And even in the life of the womb, they devalue that. Why? Because they don't understand the value of life. That every single child from the womb to the tomb is made in the image of God. And folks, listen, it's, it's easy to get riled up about all this. But folks, the reason I tell you, I remind you of this, 
is because it serves as a reminder every time you see this in society, it should serve as a reminder that when the human heart, when the human soul is devoid of God's truth, is devoid of light, it leads to sin and immorality. Amen? And folks, listen, when people are devoid of truth, when people start acting out in sin and immorality, it only leads to one place. In fact, write this down as letter C. It leads for them to experience the sorrowful darkness of sin. You see, the reality is that apart from the truth of God, people start acting contrary to God's will. And when people start acting contrary to God's good light and truth, listen, what they're going to experience at the end of the day is sorrow, isn't it? Listen, you see that throughout humanity, there is just sorrow upon sorrow. And folks, can I tell you, going back to the opener, the enemy's ultimate goal with the people of Ukraine was to plunge them into a state of despair and of sorrow. I cannot tell you that was the goal of our enemy, Satan himself, from the very beginning, the moment he led Adam and Eve to sin against God and for sin to enter into this world, for them to experience the sorrow and the darkness of sin. In fact, listen to what God's word, because Satan himself is still at work today. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, the God of this world, Satan himself, has blinded the minds of the unbeliever, has kept them in darkness to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. And folks, make no mistake about it. Everyone you see in the street, everyone you see on social media, listen, they could have a facade like everything's right, but apart from God's light and God's truth, what they're experiencing deep in their soul is sorrow and despair. But folks, here is the great news of Christmas. Are you all ready? Yeah, here's the great news of Christmas. Write this down as big number two, and that is that Christ is the light of the world. Amen. In fact, listen to what Zechariah said in his song in verse 78. It says this. It says, because of the tender mercy of our God, we learned that mercy last week, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give what? Light. To give light to those who sit in darkness. Listen, folks, do not miss the wonder of Christmas. That, that little simple child on that manger in that dark night, listen, entered into the world and it was the, became the light of this dark world. Amen? In fact, there's a story I love because when that little child grew up, there's a story throughout the ministry of Jesus that there was a woman uh, who was in a dark place. First of all, she was devoid of truth. That led her out to act out immorally. She was an adulterer. And what she was experiencing was ultimately sorrow. And so the religious rulers of the time grabbed this woman and drug her before the Lord and threw, him, threw her at his feet. And they, they wanted Jesus to condemn this woman for what she's done. And I love this because the Lord got really down and closer and she told her, listen, I... Do not condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And folks, at that moment, that lady in a dark place 
got the light of the world in her. And she went on to live a whole different life. But here's what I love that people don't realize. The moment that he told that lady, go and sin no more, and that lady walked away, the Lord, our good Lord, he stands up and he looks at all the religious rulers around him and he said this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, listen, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen? Amen. And folks, I love this because you got to notice the nuances. Jesus didn't say, hey, I know the light, follow me. No, no, no. He says, I am the light. You know, when Jesus says, listen, he never said, hey, come follow me. I know the truth. No, he said, I am the truth. When he says, hey, come, follow me, I know the way. No, no, he says, I am the way. When he tells people, hey, come follow me so I can show you life. No, 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 I am the life. And here he says, not I know the light, I am the light of this world. Let's give a shout of praise to God for that today. And folks, let me just speak to some of us here, maybe our young adults and our students. Listen carefully. There's a lot of fake lights out there. They're pretending to be light. And if you follow, then they promise you life, but you're going to experience, all you're going to experience in life is sorrow, sorrow. But the Lord is telling you today, listen, follow me. I am the light, the true light of this world. And here's what the light of Christ does. Write this down, letter A. The light of Christ, the first thing he does is the light of Christ gives us knowledge of salvation. Now, let's go back to the song and listen to what it says. Zechariah said, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways and to give what? To give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. See, folks, the first thing that God did, the reason that Christ came to this world is to give souls in darkness, listen, the knowledge of how to be saved from their sin and darkness. You see, that little child given to us who would one day grow up, and here's what I love about the gospel message. He went on to live the perfect life of obedience that it doesn't matter how hard you try to live. He, listen, he, you could never live, but he lived it perfectly before the Father for you. And not only that, not only did he live the perfect life of obedience that you and I can never live, he goes to the cross, and on that cross, he suffers and pays for all of your sin and all of your shame, the payment for sin that you and I can never pay. Yeah, so that for those of us who put our faith in the Lord, who put our, our trust and surrender our lives, listen, we will be forgiven of our sins. We don't have to live on shame anymore. We don't have to live in darkness anymore. Listen, that is what Christ came to do. Can I get an amen to that? And I love this because in 2 Corinthians, it says this. It says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. Back in Genesis 1, the same God that said, let light, be, let there be light. Here's what I love. In your own soul, he says, he does this. It says that he has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Listen, be grateful if you 
are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with Christ, be grateful that the first thing he did is that he put his light inside of your dark soul. And folks, once we enter into a relationship with him and we have the light of life inside of us, here's the second effect of it. Write this down, letter B. The light of Christ then reveals the truth of our surroundings, of our surroundings. Folks, do not miss this special aspect of this. Once we enter into a relationship with the Lord, now we're able to see everything through our lives through the, through the gospel light, right? Through the gospel lens. You see, it's only in Christ that you can truly and properly understand the meaning and the purpose of your marriage. That meaning and purpose of being a, a parent, that meaning and purpose of being a grandparent, the meaning and purpose of your career, the meaning and purpose of the wealth you've been entrusted, the meaning and purpose of your life. You see, without the light of Jesus, you don't see any way, any, you don't see anything the way you should see it. We see it skewed, right? We see it inaccurately. But the light of Jesus illuminates everything so that we see them in the proper beauty, design, and purpose. Amen? Yeah. Folks, think about it. You know, isn't it interesting that the moment that you gave your life to Christ, have you noticed you started seeing things differently about you? You didn't see your spouse the same. You didn't see co-workers the same. You didn't see a trial the same. Everything around you, you now see differently. Why? Because now you have the light of Christ showing you accurately the things in your life. And folks, not only do we have the light inside of us, do we now see things clearly around us, but also write this down and see, the light of Christ now guides us every step of the way. In fact, listen to what Jesus would do at the end of Zechariah's song. Zechariah sings, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to do what? God. To guide our feet into the way of peace. You see, not only now do you see things for what they are, but now the Lord is able to light the way as the way you should go. How does he do that? Very simple. Listen to what Psalm says. Psalms 119, it says, your what? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a what to my path? Light. And a light to my path. You see, when you are in Christ, you don't have to worry about the situations, the decisions you have to make in life because the Lord already reveals to you how you should go. Yeah? And, and, and so think about it. When people are so confused in this world, listen, you're not confused anymore. You have God's word lighting the way. And you know what? The truth of the matter, the moment that we stop letting God's word lead us, the light of God's word lead us, you start tasting the sorrow you used to taste before. Isn't that right? Maybe it's a reminder for you today. Listen, maybe you are a believer, but you're not letting the Lord lead your steps, his truth. Listen, child of God, it's time to let God's truth lead the way. Can we encourage them today? Amen. But folks, here's what's remarkable. Not only does Jesus proclaim, I am the light of the world, he does something so special. In fact, write, the, write this down as big number three. Jesus then calls us, calls you to be the light of the world. In fact, listen to what the Lord said in Matthew chapter five. He said this, you are the light 
of this world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all that's in the house. In the same way, let your what? Let your light, let the light of Christ shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, folks, God is calling us collectively as a church at all campuses. Listen, God is calling us collectively to be the light of this city. And folks, one of the things that I am honored to be part of this church, and I hope you treasure this as well, is that our church, over its 104-year history, listen, we are the, one of the oldest churches in Miami, started just like this in a little shack over 100 years ago in a little place called Perrine where there was nothing only but, but, but woods. A young pastor and a few young people came together and they started a church. And from that place, listen, from that moment, they were committed to be a light in the middle of a dark world. And I believe that the reason that God has blessed this church is because he has seen that the people of his church, decade after decade, you're part of a rich legacy here, we have been committed to being a light in the middle of a dark city. Amen? And folks, one of the ways that we do that as a church is through caring for Miami. You know, Caring for Miami is an initiative of Christ Fellowship that was started over 15 years ago. And something that I, wanted, I want you to understand about Caring for Miami is that they are not a nonprofit that is kind of just another random organization out in the community or somebody that we just keep at arm's length. No, no, no. You need to understand, Caring for Miami is Christ Fellowship. Just like Christ Fellowship Academy is Christ Fellowship, Caring for Miami is Christ Fellowship. And folks, as you saw earlier in that testimony video, Christ fell, uh, CFM is, goes to the darkest places in our city to bring the light of Christ. Amen? Yeah. And folks, we have different programs that I want you to be aware of. First of all, we have our a food backpack program for children who are hungry every single weekend. Uh, you may not know this, but we feed every single week uh, about 400, stu uh, 400 students that we've identified in our local schools that they go home, that after Friday afternoon, when they go home, many of them do not eat until they get back to school the following Monday. So we, for many years, you have for many years, what we've done is we have this backpack program that every single Friday, we go to these schools with backpacks full of food so that those children could go home, eat throughout the weekend until they get back to school. Can we praise God for that? What an amazing thing that is. Another one is, as you saw earlier, is our mobile unit, our mobile dental unit. And as you saw, we go and we go to places in our city where they are in a dark situation, uh, where they are hopeless and they cannot afford dental work. And we go in our mobile bus and we go and serve them, love on them, meet their physical need. And then we share the love of Christ with them. We pray with them. We invite them to church. We share the gospel when we can. And so it's amazing really what they are able to do. And not only that, but as you saw in that video, we have partnered with Baptist Hospital because there's many cancer patients 
who cannot get cancer treatment because they cannot afford their dental work. And so what we do, we partner with, with Baptist Hospital where they refer to us all these patients who cannot afford. We minister to them. We do all the necessary dental work free of charge, love on them, show them the love of Christ so that they have a chance to fighting cancer. Can we praise God right for our mobile dental unit? And so what we're planning to do, part of our Christmas offering, which you heard earlier, part of our Christmas offering is to buy a brand new dental bus to be able to expand and carry this great work throughout the city. And then the current dental bus that we have, our plan is to turn it into a pediatric unit where we can go to the schools where we had the backpack program and minister to those children who can't get otherwise the need that they have. What an amazing thing that is, amen? And so that is part of the Christmas offering. The other part that where the money is going to go to is that we're starting such a cool thing. I'm excited about this. It's a mobile food market. And so what this mobile food market would do is that we would go into what the USDA has considered food deserts in Miami, where people cannot afford to get the proper healthy meals that they can in throughout Miami. So our bus, right, our mobile market would go into these places, park, and then people not just hand out a box of food, but rather with dignity, they can come into the bus and they can walk around and shop. Yeah, just like you and I go to the store and shop, right? We have our, right? They go in, they get everything they want, all the good things they need, and all free of charge. And then we show them the love of Christ. Folks, if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. And which, by the way, by the way, I wanna make, I wanna just, Show off God here. He's amazing. So this past week, you know, we have these big, big dreams, right, of this bus. The Miami-Dade Department of Transportation believes in this so much that the commissioners voted this past week to donate one of their best working buses to us free of charge so we can gut it. Yeah, we can gut it, and we can start doing the work of the ministry. Come on, give more of a shout of praise to God. Amen. Folks, listen, God is at work. God is at work. And so what I want to challenge you is, listen, we're in a Christmas offering, right? It's going to culminate on Christmas weekend. What I want to challenge you is this. Listen, above your normal giving to the, to, to the Lord, man, pray with your family, think it through, and consider what is it that you feel God is leading you to give. Listen, if we're going to be a light of the city, it takes us to be generous just like Christ, God was generous with us, Amen. And so I want to challenge us. Listen, God is opening doors. God is blessing. God is revealing. God is leading us. It's time for the people of our church to stand up, right, and give so to make this dream a reality. Amen? Hey, so let's be praying and let's give generously to the work of the ministry so that God can reach more people with the light of Christ just like he reached you. Amen? Let's give generously this Christmas to this, to this offering. But folks, we're not only called to be a light collectively as a church, but also individually. You know, let me remind you that wherever you go, you are the light of the world. When you are with your family in these Christmas holidays, listen, you are the light of your family, in the midst of your family. When you go to work and you're sitting in the cubicles, when you have partners, when you're, listen, you are the light in the middle of a dark workplace. 
when you go to school and you're sitting in a classroom with all different types of students and teachers, you are the light of that classroom. When you go to the store and you are encountering a, a, a cashier, listen, you are the light in the middle of that moment. And folks, we made it so easy for us. Most On your way, listen, you should have received a little invite, a Christmas invite card. And folks, I would encourage you to give these out when we have the opportunity. Because you don't know when you give this little invite card out that it may be the one thing that leads that person from a place of darkness to experience the light of Christ. In fact, take a look at this story. So there was a season in my life in which I was, uh, I was doing everything that I was supposed to do. I was being a mom, a wife, uh, an employee. I was going to school as well. There were days that I couldn't even sleep. Not because I couldn't sleep, because I didn't have time to sleep. At uh, that time, I was working night shift to be able to care for my kids and also go to school. I was dealing with marriage problems, problems with family members, and past hurts. It was a very dark season in my life. After I registered my kids to Christ Fellowship Academy, uh, I received a visitation from my son's kindergarten teacher. She just came to introduce herself, to meet my son, and also to explain the program. During that conversation, she pulls an invite, and she asked me if I had a home church. Back then, I wasn't a Christian. I was not even uh, in a relationship with God at all. And she tells me, hey, this is Christ Fellowship, and a lot of parents go there, so if you get a, give it a shot, you will, you're gonna see familiar faces. One night, when I was working, I was very tired. I was very hopeless. Then I remember the invite, and I pulled it from my purse, and I saw the website. We went on that weekend with my family. As soon as I walked into Christ Fellowship, I see Pastor Sammy standing there, welcoming, and then he invited me to go on and, uh, into the service. I truly enjoyed the service. I really felt that the message was crafted for me. And then in his office, he, uh, he led me to Christ. Um, at that day, I, I felt something changed because I was hopeless. And uh, as soon as I received Christ, I started crying. And uh, I felt something changed that day. Later on, Pastor Sam invited me to join his small group. They were very welcoming. I started learning more about Christ. And little by little, I started to see a light. And uh, I was grateful because not only found a church, but I found a family. I found hope. And that changed my life forever. I was in a very dark place before I got invited to Christ Fellowship. And because of that invite, I was brought to the light. I was able to forgive. I found Jesus and I found healing. And I will be forever thankful to that teacher who invited me to church. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. And so, folks, what I want to challenge you is, listen, on the way, and you should have received a stack of five Amen cards. Can you grab them really quick and just hold them? For, can, you, can you grab them really quick? Yeah. Listen, these are five invite cards. Listen, there's five people in your life. You can just give this invite to. This past week, I gave it to several people. Can I tell you, no, no one gave me a bad look. It, it, it's nothing. Listen, I'll just say, hey, man, you know, Christmas is coming around. I don't know if you have a church. 
that, I would love to invite you to my church called Christ Fellowship. We have a bunch of different locations. Man, come. The Lord loves you. He has a plan for your life. Just give that little invite card. And folks, you don't know if that card is going to lead that person out of darkness. And so listen, my prayer is that God would convict you. That God would convict you when you're at work, when you meet people, when you're buying stuff. God, may God convict you of not saying, hey, you know what? I don't know if you're going to church anywhere. Come to, you know, come to our church during Christmas season. Listen, no one rejects it. It's amazing. It's Christmas time. They're open to it. And can I tell you, those people in your life that know you're a believer, if you don't invite them, what does that say about you? It's time. It's time to be used by God to help them bring him to the light. Amen. Folks, let me end with this. You know, some of you are here today. You say, Omar, I, you don't need to invite anybody. I'm here. I'm someone who I feel right now that I need to get right with God, that I feel like I'm in darkness. I feel like I need God. I need to get right with God. And so, Omar, how do you start a relationship with the Lord? How do you get right with God? How do you have this light that you're talking about? Well, listen to what our good Lord said in John chapter 12. He said, I come into the world as what? As light. So that whoever what? Believes. Whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. You know, the gospel message is so simple. For you to be saved, for you to have a relationship with God, listen, you don't need to do some sort of weird ritual, some sort of tradition, uh, you know, some go out and do good works to merit your salvation. No, the Bible says it's so simple. It's just putting your trust and faith in Christ. The moment you do that, he forgives you of all of your sin and shame. He brings you close. He makes you his own. He gives you everlasting life. And now you're living with the light of Christ in you. The question is, listen, will you put your trust and faith in the Lord today? Let's bow our heads for prayer. My Lord, we are so grateful for those of us who know you, who have a relationship with you, the fact that we are able to experience the light of life inside of us. Lord, let us treasure the fact that you are the light of the world. And for those of us today here at all campuses who perhaps you know that you need to get right with God, you need to start a relationship with the Lord. Listen, in a few moments, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But before I do that, listen, I'm going to ask you, usually we sing a song at the end and people come to the front and I get to meet them, but today's going to do it a little different. If you feel like, you know what, all heads bowed and eyes closed with no one looking around, if you feel like, you know what, Omar, man, I'm ready. I need to get right with God. I want to start my walk with the Lord. Uh, in a few moments, I want to ask you to raise your hand. Many people last night and in a 9 o'clock service raised their hand. Many people. I'm sure there's people here today at all campuses that say, you know what, I'm ready to start. And so with no one looking around, with all eyes closed, if you're saying, you know what, Omar, pray for me. I, I think I'm ready to, to start my relationship, relationship with the Lord. Just slip up your hand so I can just see you at all campus. Anybody says, I see you, ma'am. Anybody else? Anybody says, Omar, just pray for me. I see you in the front. I see you as well. I see you. I see you, ma'am. Anybody else at all campuses? I see you. I see you. I see you. Praise God. Many hands going up in the room. Amen. At all campuses, you can slip up your hand right there. The campus pastors there as well. Amen. Well, listen, you can put your hand down. Listen, if, if you raise your hand, and even if you didn't, but you know you need to get right with God, I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And when you pray this prayer, you don't pray this to me. I'm only a man I can have saved. You pray to the God who loves you and gave his son for you at the cross. Pray this with me. Father, today I come before you, O oh Lord, recognizing that I'm sitting in darkness, O oh Lord. 
and I need the light of life. So today, Lord, I confess all of my sin before you. I ask you for forgiveness of sin and I put my trust and faith in what your son did for me at the cross. Save me today, Lord. Give me everlasting life. And for the rest of my life, help me to live a life that honors you until the day I see you face to face and spend eternity with you. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Hey, can we encourage all those at all campuses? Yeah. Man, so many hands went up, so many people praying. Listen, I want to encourage you. Listen, if you pray that prayer at all of our campuses, on the way out, all right, there is a next step booth. I want to encourage you to stop by there. We have a team of people. We just love to say hi to you really quick. We have a brand new leather Bible for you that we want to put in your hand so you can start reading God's Word. But folks, more importantly, we want to connect with you and help you take next steps. You know, this is a lifelong journey. We, as our pastors, we want to help you take steps, but we can only do that if you stop by the next step. Give us your info. We'll follow up with you. And if you're watching online right now live, go to cfmiami.org slash connect. There, fill out that form, and we will follow up with you. Well, listen, I'm going to stand, ask you to stand up at all campuses. And I want to encourage you, hey, be back next week, because next week we're going to be looking at the song of His peace. Listen, we all need the peace of God, amen? Bring those people with you, and, uh, and they're, they're going to be encouraged, right? Let me pray for us, and then we'll be concluded. Father, we praise you today. Thank you for being the light of this world. And as we go out now, let us be the light of this world to the people in darkness. God, we love you, and we thank you. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray, and all of God's people say, amen. All right, have a great weekend. Love you all.